2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannotto and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN.
3: What's
0: happening, Memphis? I'm Mark Giannotto lead sports columnist of the Commercial Appeal we're once again without Jeffrey he's on uh, paternity leave Uh, his beautiful daughter uh, Connor Dunning ably filling in across from me (laughs) executive producer of the Gabe Kuhn show former producer of this show uh, and the Prince of Positivity Uh, welcome back Dennis Fuller producing the program it's Tasty Take Thursday And the latest machinations in conference realignment ripe for some takes, Connor. We've also got, uh, I believe, some more ESPN analytics that we can offer some takes on. This time about the Grizzlies. We do. Yesterday it was Memphis football. Now we've got ESPN analytics about the Grizzlies, potentially, that we can riff off of here. So, um, And then... You know, the big news in the sporting world, I'd say the national sports or really maybe international sports community, Shohei Otani's injury uh, in baseball. So lots to get to here at the top of the show. Eric Hasseltine, voice of the Grizzlies, will join us at 240 or so uh, like he does every Thursday, 3 o'clock. We will get into the list. And then uh, at 3.30 or so, Jason Smith will join us. We'll get his thoughts on conference realignment, Tiger football, Tiger basketball, all that good stuff. I don't know if we
3: had Tasty Take
0: Thursday when you were on the
3: we show. We did. It's, it's another new segment for me. So, okay. you know, my, I don't know if my... my t- Are you prepared for this? Well, when Jeffrey we were, doesn't let me get away we were, with
0: lukewarm takes I, during I, this segment. You hit me I, with I, it.
3: When we were prepping, I wasn't ready for it. I, I threw one out there, and you were like, not tasty enough. And I was like, "Damn, I got to get back to the lab. I struggle with this
0: segment sometimes. I don't know some might
3: say I don't like it a lot, some weeks
0: because... I'm forced to give takes that I'm not ready to fire off in the name <laughs> of giving tennis, a, in yeah. the name of giving a tasty take. Half baked takes. Um, so this can be difficult, but I think we should start off with I don't know if it's the news of the day locally, but it's the news that hurts the most locally. Um, we we it broke in the middle of yesterday's show, but we've seen it more fully develop over the next 24 hours or the over the past 24 hours or so, uh, the news that the ACC is now reconsidering taking in Stanford, Cal, and SMU. And obviously the SMU part is the one that hurts the most because they're in the AAC and, you know, let's just be honest, Memphis uh, Memphis is, has better accomplishments, it seems, recently than SMU. Um, certainly in basketball in recent years and by and large in football too even with this down period or whatever the the decline we've seen under Ryan Silverfield like it's not like SMU or World Beaters either right. in football like they've been a little better the past couple years um but Memphis you know for a good stretch there was was better than SMU and it was accomplishing more in football um so it hurts and it's about you know the amount of money that I don't know. My question in all of this is if Memphis had offered the ACC the same deal SMU did, the we'll pay for, you know, we'll eat. You don't have to pay us anything in media rights for seven years. And we'll foot everything, everything. Our exit fee, we'll foot exit fee from the AAC. We'll foot whatever we're losing in money from the AAC. And we'll be able to overcome the fact that we're not going to get anything from the ACC. Um, and I guess you can maybe spin it as, really, they're only giving up $7 million a year and the exit fee from the AAC. Because, really, they're not gaining what the ACC pays them. They're just losing what the AAC pays them, which is only 7 or $8 million. Now, the counter to that is, well, but you're going to have to spend a bunch more to compete in the ACC, ultimately. And so, like a lot of that extra money from TV that you were going to get from the ACC could be spent on beefing up your programs to get to a level that can, yeah, they can be among the best in the ACC. But nonetheless, my question is if Memphis had offered the same deal, and I don't, I, it seems to me Memphis isn't capable of offering the same deal SMU did this time. Maybe in 2016, they were. When You know, it seemed like FedEx was in a better, let's just be honest, a better spot, you know, financially then. And uh, honestly, I don't think Memphis was as beaten down, you know, in 2016 by all this. Very true. You know, as they are now, um, you know, the boosters and all that. I was on the way up. Yeah. Well, it was just like, you know, it, yeah, that was the beginning of it, you know, ultimately. And now we're at, the, it feels like, the tail end. But my question is, if all the, if the deal was equal, would they have taken Memphis because like right now I know a lot of Memphis fans are distraught over this but if Memphis can't offer the same deal SMU is offering the ACC here I'm not quite sure what we're getting so upset about like it's not that SMU is getting picked because they're not they're not picking SMU for competitiveness they're picking SMU strictly it is very overtly here about well we can distribute the most money to the rest of the schools in the ACC by adding SMU because of the Dallas market for the ACC network. And oh, by the way, they're willing to not—they're willing to come for free. Right. You know, like they're willing to foot all this huge. You know, a, a bunch of the we're able to distribute the money we would we were contractually technically supposed to give to them. We're, they're agreeing to let us just give it out to the rest of the league almost as like a joining fee. Um, and I don't think I. From what I've been able to tell, Memphis is not making that offer. You know, it's not like it's not like the ACC is picking SMU over Memphis. Like it's like it'd be like, you know, if someone offers you, you know, five hundred thousand dollars for your house, and the other person offers you you know 400,000 dollars for us you're going to take the 500 like it's like yeah you can say oh man i can't believe they took the 500,000 dollar offer but you get they should have picked mine yeah, but, but you like, understand you know, it. like that's, yeah. That's,
3: yeah, you know very similar <laughs> like, yeah oh,
0: you you know if you can't match the offer i don't really think I mean, there's anything not, to complain about
3: it's not that different it's like you know i went through the home buying process about a year ago and there were multiple times where we would put in a good offer and then we would get news they went 20 over we're, and you're like ah you hate it, but you gotta. You like, know, like I almost okay.
0: feel more. I almost would feel more hurt over Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston getting in over I Memphis agree. because that I was agree. not under the pretense of they're offering us the best money deal. You know, like they're They're offering us the best deal financially. It was. It that actually may be the truth. Deep down, truth of it. Ultimately, like they make the most money, but it was presented as like these are the best fits for the for the Big Twelve. You know, whatever. Um, and so, um, but my, I think my tasty take is off of this is that if this goes through, cause it appears with each passing hour, it seems more and more likely that this, after stalling out two weeks ago, whether it's North Carolina or North Carolina state or both Stanford and Cal are going to flip that vote. It feels like it. The fact that they're meeting again on this two weeks later, like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we start to hear like this is you know I think they have meetings this afternoon, president, small group, president and AD. I, it feels like to me we're going to soon hear like oh this is happening you know like you, you it may not be officially happening but it's happening. Uh, that that seems to be, I would uh, that's my guess um, in terms of how this plays out. But it will be it, it will be disheartening. Very clearly, because Mem- like SMU does not deserve to be in the ACC over Memphis. Like, other than they are offering way more money, they got you the know, check. Th- yeah, they got yeah. the big. They got the big money behind them, um, and just like you know, frankly, like I don't know necessarily like Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston. Like, there's plenty of good arguments why Memphis should have been included in that round too, and it's just terrible. And it does feel like. Maybe this isn't even a tasty take anymore. Like, in this round of realignment, like, I'm not sure Memphis could have gotten a worse shake in all of this stuff. Like, if you go, if you really take it as like the last two, three years, like since Texas and Oklahoma left for the SEC, I'm not sure there's a school that feels worse about what's happened since then than the University of Memphis. Like, is there another school that has gotten like, screwed as bad as the University of Memphis did from all the dominoes that have ultimately fallen since Texas and Oklahoma went to the SEC?
3: Probably I, not, because it feels like they've been the runner-up every single time. Like They've been like, ah, oh, well, Memphis, you're right on the outside every single time. I do want to address real quick your question about, do you think that they would do it with Memphis if Memphis was offering the same deal as SMU? Yeah. To be honest, and I don't know if this is a tasty take or what. I don't think they would. I don't think they would take Memphis with that offer because I think the big roadblock for Memphis in this situation on top of the money is Stanford. It really sounds like Stanford just doesn't want to be in a conference with Memphis, which is I don't, you not agree that. with that. Where
0: are you hearing that?
3: The academics thing that they keep talking about. They have yeah. talked
0: about that multiple times. I don't think it's times. specifically You Memphis. think Stanford wants to be in a conference with Memphis? Yeah, I don't think it's Memphis. I think it's like the AAC. Like I don't think it still stands. I just don't
3: think that Stanford and Cal want to be in a conference with schools like Memphis. I don't agree with that, but Mm -hmm. I understand it from their standpoint. They're saying we are Stanford, we are Cal, two of the top academic programs in the country. Memphis? No, we're not going to do that. SMU? Mm -hmm. They got their own money. We can make that work. Well,
0: and yeah, no, no, SMU is definitely. I mean, listen, SMU, the only school that is like is similar to Memphis in the ACC is Louisville. Like, most yeah, of the other schools so. in the yeah. ACC, maybe NC State a little bit, like, in terms of the, you know, underdog, chip on their shoulder, feel overlooked in their own state type of mentality. Like, they kind of fit. Um, but, I, you know, I don't know many others in the ACC that really – you know, Virginia Tech's got a – but, like, Virginia Tech is, like, a rural – you know, it's not urban, you know? Same with uh, – uh, you know, NC State at least is in Raleigh. It's a – you know, like, so – but, like, SMU is kind of like – Wake Forest, Duke, in terms of like it's—I don't know if it's as good a school as those, but it, like that's kind of the the that's, area it's silo, yeah, If it's you the will, tier that they're in, yeah. yeah that's like the how they—that's that how they the that's silo. Small, <laughs> small private school um, that you know takes athletics serious, pretty seriously. Um, but ultimately,
3: has like you know a bunch of it's like a bunch of rich kids. It, it feels you know? like it's Memphis. A... <laughs> it feels like Memphis is Isaiah Thomas being left off the 1992 Dream Team. We met the we 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 met the criteria yeah, we for selection, to MJ. but we were not selected. We didn't do anything though. That's that. I'm just saying we meet the criteria, we but is... we are not selected over and over again. And, and what
0: the real shame in in SMU if they're to leave is that. Again, like I don't know how long the ACC as it's currently like the ACC it's joining May last only a few years. It's obviously a better plate. They're in a like good for SMU. Like that is a better spot. Um it's the best conference, maybe the best conference they've ever been in. Certainly the best since they were in the Big 8 or whatever. And good for them like they were able to do it. Um and the reality is like if it, the the problem with the if it was the same deal is that really, like, at its core, Memphis is not the type of school that can make that deal. They don't have right. that type of money. They just, they just don't. Um, and um, so the the sad part about it, and it was sad when with Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston leaving, is that it's yet another school that and maybe even like you could argue the last remaining school in the ac that like aligned aspirationally with memphis mm. in that it was like a school that was on the outside but had lofty ambitions to even though people said they're crazy for you know trying to outspend you know whatever like in football smu just said you know what screw the establishment well well will Blatantly cheat like back in the eighties. Well, you know they're willing to put money. money Express, behind, baby. They're willing to put like their facility. They're willing to put money behind all their stuff, and they they like whether they get there or not. They 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 aspire for great. You know to to be with the best of the best. They have ambition. They have ambition, and Cincinnati was like that. Houston was like that. UCF was like that. Memphis is like that, right? And. Like, who's left in the AAC who you really feel aligns with Memphis like that? Like, I mean, like, Tulane's been better of late, but like, I don't view them that's, that way. That's the one that
3: came to mind. But North like
0: Texas said, might be like, on it. Like, North Texas might be honestly the closest right now of the new additions. I mean, USF is building its own stadium or trying to. Like, generally, they've in the past seemed to have similar aspirations as Memphis, their execution has been way worse on it, you know, of late. But that's really the... To me, it's not necessarily that SMU is going to the ACC because I I just think, like, you know, Memphis is fighting with one hand behind its back on this one um, with the money part of it, with what the deal that SMU is getting, which is a deal that, frankly, no conference would have taken a month ago. Like, the, the ACC never in a million years would it be, would be doing this if it had if what hadn't you know if not for what happened to the Pac12 yeah. a few weeks it ago it
3: dissolving before our eyes like
0: freak them out like this is like a you know this could you know this just feels like something that is I, I don't know it's hard for me to like get mad because it feels like it is just a complete function of how dysfunctional this all got even more so and he, you know it was dysfunctional before but like it feels like what's happened this summer
3: has really been just like totally bonkers in terms of conference realignment. It's been a gut punch for sure and that's why you know kind of to your point this whole SMU situation with the ACC to be honest it didn't I I don't really have any anger about it I'm not even that much that really sad about it because I just don't think Memphis had any real possibility of making this jump based on the deal that SMU's having to do. It's sometimes you just got to tip your cap to guys and say, hey, you got out. Congratulations, mm-hmm. you got out. Go go survive. It's like when Batman crawled out of the hole in Dark Knight Rises. They were cheering for him. We got we to gotta cheer for him. They got out. There's nothing we can do about it. It has nothing to do with Memphis. This jump was made because and- they could offer that money. Memphis can't. The, the UCF... Houston since he won that one still hurts me because you felt like you were part of that group that that you were very similar to those three schools and you were just the one that was left behind that's well, the one that hurts and the
0: question I'll have I have throughout all of this the existential question is just being the AAC champion especially in football cuz that's where it's really affecting it feels like the th- you know what, what how you think about all of this cuz like you know like ultimately like the, you know, whether it's women's soccer or uh, volleyball or men's soccer, whatever, all track and field. Like, I I mean, I'm sure there are ramifications to conference realignment for them with losing these schools. Like, some of them are good, some of them aren't, whatever. Um, but the school doesn't feel it, you know, like, if that makes sense. Like, the fan base doesn't feel it because there's not these huge followings. It's, it's you know... Football, men's basketball, to a lesser extent, like women's basketball, maybe baseball, um, where you're really, like, cognizant of it. And in football in particular, it feels like it's hurt the most. And um, the question I have is, like, you know, let's say this team has a season like 2019 in this—or next year they have a season like 2019. They're really good just against, you know, North Texas and UTSA and Rice and whatever— um, are people still going to be able to get invested in it, or I think so. has has all of this beaten us down so much that like you stop care You know, you almost treat it like you know now it becomes almost like you know it's the you know it's like the Redbirds. Like yeah, the Red, when the Redbirds were good a few years ago when they won the Pacific Coast League title, like yeah, like you knew they won it, but like you weren't like invested in that. You know, you didn't care. It was minor league baseball. Speak for yourself, Bart. <laughs> um, I was there when Albert Pujols won that. Way well, back no, they, in the no, day. but see, but were you there in like 2017 when they when they when they won? No, PCL. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I cared about it. Though. I was there. I, I was a new reporter. No, you at had to be there. You had to be there. <laughs> I didn't have to be there yet. <laughs> I was still in college. Uh, that go that glorious 2017 playoff run. Right no, um, but so that you know. That's the in like as long as that's enough, and'm I'm, I'm with you, I think it will be. I think if Memphis football is good, people will still be invested in it. Will it be the maximum amount of people? No, like will it be what this you know like ultimately, I think for Memphis football to fill Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium consistently, they had to get to a power five you know like that. I don't think an AAC schedule will ever do it even as as good we saw it even in the 2019 here. Like as good as they were, go go look at the photos from the AAC championship game yeah. from the from the last home game against Cincinnati that year. Good crowds, wasn't full. You know, wasn't like that SMU game was a singular event that year.
3: The the 2019 football that, season. That that's what we should do actually. Hey, one more game day game winner gets in. That should be <laughs> that should be what happens with the ACC. Let's settle this on the yeah, field. On the field. Bring
0: back That'd Jerry Lawler, get the car back. It should, shouldn't we have like a King of the Ring? It should yeah, be exactly. like every time like we Royal need Rumble. new teams. Yeah. <laughs> it should be settled on the field. People would watch that. Oh god, it's
3: Coastal Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> They're coming in. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they brought in a ringer. <laughs> yeah, I like so, that. So, you know, but I do think like I just worry though, you know, it does you know like look around. Like you look at like Southern Miss is like what like the last round, if you will, Southern Miss, like Southern Miss, I'm not sure if they were Memphis' equal, but they were much closer to being Memphis' equal than they are now. You know, and like it feels like their programs have fallen off the map because they got kind of pushed aside by conference realignment. And I think Memphis is fine right now in men's basketball because Penny – brings a relevancy that you know like conference realignment isn't strong enough to dissuade if you will you know like especially in the, on the recruiting trail um and just in general it's a sport where you know one or two guys can really flip everything right ultimately you know you get the right one or two stars and whereas football it's you know it's a lot more guys you know 22 guys on the field at a time it's just different um but um i just i would hate to see memphis Suffer the same fate as like a Southern Miss, but like I'll be honest, the way it has trended of late, you're starting. You know, you're like, you know, we're getting in the we're getting to a point where you're starting to like you know look over and go like, so so guys over down in Hattiesburg, is it really that bad? Like you know how bad it you know because like it just feels like everything has broken the wrong way for Memphis so far, um, and it doesn't mean you should give up hope. I personally think like this you know ultimately as long as you can still like you know as long as you still have a path maybe to a playoff spot that's really important in my mind and if the team is good like i can understand if you're checking out more easily when the team is 6 and 6 right but if the team is good and you can, like i i just hope we can all still be invested in it i think i will be able to i and i just hope them i know but i do know there's some people out there who like are like you know because it it's it is accurate to say like Memphis feels like it's gotten about the worst shake possible in all of this. Absolutely, and it, I can understand if there are people out there going, "Screw this, screw this stuff," right? Like, "Screw this crap." The way they treat they, like you know treat me with, with how much I invest you know emotionally and financially into all of this, and this is how they treat me. Like, sc- "Screw this." I'm not gonna watch this. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give my money to this. I can understand like. I they,
3: that doesn't seem unreasonable to me to think like that. Yeah, absolutely. The I think my counter to that though would be, it's not like Memphis isn't trying. You know, it, it, you know, it, you got to control what you can control here, and that may not I be the yeah, answer. I'm not people here want to want play the hear. blame game. I no, don't think, no, that's not what I'm saying. You're doing. I'm saying like I think that, I hope the fan base the reason i think they would rally around a team especially if they got hot kind of like they did in 2019 and it's it's it, you know it's a better season i think even if they win 8 or 9 games 8 games is less exciting but 9 games i think is really could get people back on board is at the end of the day you can you only can control what you can control you've tried to get into these conferences you've tried you tried you tried you keep getting told no you keep getting told no so the response can kind of be hey let's rally around this team let's root for them these games matter in a big way because we have conference realignment going on. But at the same time, we want to build back this program and get it to where it was three, four years ago. We want to get back on that track. So I do think that people are going to show up because at the end of the day, it's still Memphis football. It's still your school. It's still our city. Yeah, you might not be able to make it into one of the big conferences, but there's still a path there for the playoff possibly. Protect yourself. You know, root for what you can. You can't get in, you can't get in. There's nothing you can do to change that. That I have a problem with the powers that be that with that, not the University of Memphis. So, I don't want to punish the University of Memphis with my fandom and by not going to games because I'm upset yeah. with the powers that be. I still can support my school while also being like, yo, this is BS that we're not with these schools, but we're going to prove to you why we should be there. That's the path. That's yeah. the only path I think well, that, that we got. I hope left you don't. Is, you should not
0: prove it. You shouldn't put in the prove it part because it's not about wins and losses. It's just not. It's not <laughs> like, like. If you're think like thinking like that is fine, but like that's just setting yourself up to be disappointed again. When the reality is that is not how this is decided. If it was about wins and losses, SMU wouldn't be going to the ACC. No, it's about money. What I'm saying yeah. though is, it it all. But it doesn't help if you go six and six. It helps if you're ten and two. I think at a place like Memphis, where it appears in some form or fashion, you are not playing on a level playing field uh, on the actual playing field you pro- you need to go above
3: and beyond. That's what I mean control what you can control yeah. and it's the wins and losses. That's ultimately that's the only thing well, and that it's, you know can like control.
0: ultimately like the money of the school is partially due to the money donated by you know or given to it by its donors. And but at the same time like you know it's tough for me to st- st- sit here and go hey donor who already gives tens of th- tens of thousands of dollars to the university every year come on Pony up more. What are you doing sure, over there? I don't think you know, I'm like talking. It's tough to. It's, I'm
3: not really talking. The don- I'm talking like. But to, that's what decides it. It's the sure. mo- It's the money you well, got. You asked me it's the ability. But you asked me about the support for the program. Yes. It's the support yeah. for the program is not that. It's not going to be the donors that do. It. It's going to be the everyday people. The people yeah. that go to work nine to five every day mm-hmm. and they will go watch football on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Keep going. The, it's, you can't control it. The don- We've tried. The, the The presidents have tried. They've mm-hmm. They've offered multiple times. You keep getting denied. It sucks. It's a gut punch. Pick yourself up. Keep it moving. Protect yourself. Go cheer for that team. Show it is still support. fun. Like I, It's still I, fun. It's awesome. It's still fun. I enjoy a good, like, like when, when Memphis, Memphis football, football game's is
0: fun, good, man. when it's they're so good, fun. you know, when they're good, I, I, you know, now they have, you know, we'll see with this new league. Like, I, honestly, like, without Houston, Cincinnati, UCF, like, we'll see. And now maybe probably without SMU, I hope there can be, you know, you know, it took a few years for the old AAC, if you will, to get going, those first three, four years. And, you know, it might take a little time with this. And, it, you know, it sucks to be thinking in terms of like you have to settle for this. But at the same time, if they're good, I still think it'll be
3: good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you may, you may, this may be your only option, but make the best of it. This is where you are. You can't change it. There's, it's. They've tried to change it. It, it. It's not working right now. Maybe some miracle happens down the line and another spot opens up. But to your point, I do feel like with SMU, if they get there, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like it's usually pairs that get taken, and you mm-hmm. want that. You want that second team that you're like, oh, it worked good to, 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 together. the Memphis and SMU together make sense for a conference. It's hard. I think well, it's hard to is The
0: ACC is now going to be at odd, an odd number of teams if they take these three schools, and so this isn't done. I Again, I suspect, though, this is, I mean, I guess technically SMU is now being added to the power leagues, but it feels like these are very extenuating, it's very different circumstances than usual, Um, but I suspect we're going to see more consolidation
3: further down the line, but... It's just a, like I said, it's unlucky like, break. Pretty. It's like the rich kid that's not very good that pays to get on the team. Let's listen. We've all yeah. seen it happen. We've all seen it happen. Yeah. It's happening right before our eyes. We all grew yeah. up playing sports. Yeah, we know what it looks like. It's just a build a bathroom like for the said, team. You're on I the team.
0: I just couldn't have envisioned. It just feels like every time there is some sort of. Well, this didn't go Memphis's way, but maybe this can go its way. Right, and then it's like, well, that didn't go its way. Well, but maybe this can go its way, and maybe that doesn't. It's like now it's like, well, you know, maybe maybe at least, uh, you know, listen, it's no consolation, but they can add Oregon State, Washington State, maybe. There's like a rumor on. I saw a rumor on Twitter. Maybe they'll they'll ESPN will push to add the Mountain West. (laughs) If history is to tell us, judge, it's like, well, maybe this can happen. It's not gonna happen. Like that's that's what history is telling us right now.
3: That's what you know. (sighs) <sighs> assume, assume no, right now. That's kind of where I'm I am. I will
0: say I am happy
3: that I never assume bought. No, I never bought
0: Stanford. Like Stanford and Cal were one vote away from getting in the ACC. Oh, we're gonna give up. We're gonna just go to the AAC and Mount or Mountain West. We're not. We're not gonna keep trying to get into the ACC, even though we're only one vote away. Yeah. So. Um, Another unfortunate break for Memphis. I'm just ready for football. Yeah, let's get football. I just want the team to be good. Yeah, like it really That's would all stink I care about if right, the right team now. isn't any good.
3: Yeah, that would. Be, you want to talk about a kick to the?
0: <laughs> yeah, like yeah, it but- would really. Like after all of this, <laughs> after what they put Memphis fans through, like especially this off season with conference realignment, at least like make the team good and like competing
3: for a uh, like. Can we have a good team again? Right. There's Please. a lot of. It feels like there's a lot of guarded optimism right now with the team coming up because there's so many question marks. Guarded opti- I'd say, like, I,
0: I'd say a lot of people are taking a wait-and-see approach. So, guarded optimism, that's yeah. another way of saying okay. that. That's Thank fair. you.
3: I, that's fair.
0: Okay. All right. I'll <laughs> all give right. you guarded optimism. Right,
3: moving on. I'll give you guarded okay. optimism. Again, I've, I've never done this before. All right, I want to hear your, yeah, what's your tasty take? I don't, I don't, I don't take? know how to present my tasty take. I might okay. get to what it actually is, but here's here's my tasty take. Numbers never lie, but pe- but writers do. Sorry, Mark. Riders can lie sometimes, and ESPN – today, has put up predictions for the 2023 Western Conference. And it's ESPN staff. Now, we talked about analytics yesterday with ESPN, but it was analytics. It was just numbers. It was pure math, algorithm. And they had Memphis in the AAC championship game. You can trust that. You can okay. trust that. I'm not sure you can trust this one as much. Oh, because they okay. have the Memphis Grizzlies in the play-in. Tournament right now, so your your tasty take,
0: your tasty take is it's absolutely
3: ridiculous. These these numbers are ridiculous. This, these are the 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 people need the numbers. You need the numbers to do this. It's they're hiding behind the staff thing too, which bothers me. They're not. Uh, not,
0: You don't know who to blame. I I want you want someone to call out. I want somebody
3: to call out. I want somebody to blame here. But they have Memphis, the Grizzlies, in eighth. They have mm-hmm. them in 8 at 44 and 38 in the, play on, in, in the play-in the group. And the reason I have an issue with this, so we looked at so that'd this. That would be
0: like five, six games worse than right. last year. Right? So
3: we, yeah. we looked at the numbers here, and my issue isn't really with the record predictions. It's more so the reasoning that they have the Grizzlies at 8. Right now they would have them playing the Timberwolves in the play-in game. Their reasoning, though, is the loss of Tyus Jones and Dylan Brooks is going to cause Memphis to have to crawl out of a hole because John Morant's going to be out for that first 25 games. And I'm just not sure I agree with that. I think that Marcus Smart is an upgrade over Dylan Brooks. I agree. Not having John Morant in the lineup for the first 25 games is not going to be helpful. However, when you go and you look at the schedule, if we're being honest with ourselves, the NBA could have crushed the Grizzlies in that first 25, but they didn't. There are very winnable games there. We went through the we went through the schedule. I've got them 14 and 11. I think there's a pathway to 16 and 9. Could it go worse than that? Absolutely. They could walk out of it with a losing record, but I just don't think there's going to be some massive hole to crawl out of for the Memphis Grizzlies. So, it's I just have I have a problem with the reasoning there. They also have the Golden State Warriors in third place. They got the Phoenix Suns in second place. Two teams that are, you know, they got a lot of new guys. The Warriors have no depth. That's another thing they talked about. The Grizzlies don't have any depth but then the Warriors do, the Suns have depth, that bothers me as well. I just think some of the reasoning that they place some teams here don't make much sense to me. um, They're also expecting a big jump from the Oklahoma City Thunder, which I do think is fair. The only one, the only two teams I think I fully agree with where they're placed. The Denver Nuggets I do think will be in first place, and I do think the Sacramento Kings could sneak into the top four. Otherwise, I I think that this was a... This feels like a really zoomed out version of a look at all of these teams. And I just, I feel like that they're not talking about really the additions that the Grizzlies made because Marcus Smart is going to be able to offset things. I feel like all offseason, everybody keeps forgetting that Luke Kennard is on this basketball team. Listen, not having John Morant's not great for the first 25 games, but this team has depth. They have talent. They've got two defensive players of the year. They've got two of the best three-point shooters in the NBA. Desmond Bain has shown that he can make the leap to be the scorer that you need him to. Jaron Jackson Jr. is about to make a Team USA leap. You still got Santi. You got Steven Adams coming back. Oh, hopefully it's good one of the Prince of
0: Positivity. Hopefully one. Back.
3: I'm I'm rolling right now. Hopefully one of the Hopefully one of the three wings pops up. You never know. Maybe Z's knee fixes itself soon. I don't uh. know. I just I have a lot of faith in this team, and I feel like putting them at eight just doesn't make much sense with their reasoning. Now that being said. I also kind of like that they're, that they're listed as eight, though. Okay. I like the underdog Grizzlies. I like that chip on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Play, playing at the – being projected in the top four wasn't a good look for the Grizzlies. They didn't know how to handle it. They're an Weren't underdog team. they projected
0: team. in win totals, though, fifth or sixth last year? Even I, I, so? I can't
3: remember. Well, here's what I would say. One thing I I think it was like 46 out, and a half was the over and under for
0: last year. I like where you're, where the, the emotion's coming from here and that you, you don't believe this is a play-in team, even with Jaws' suspension. And I can definitely see that. One thing I would point out, if you look at this closely, these analytics that ESPN's yeah, gone with, yeah, you can do math. I'm going to give you a little math here. <laughs> the third seed they so they got Denver as the one seed at 53 and 29. Phoenix is the two seed at 51 and 31. So only two teams with more than 50 wins in the Western Conference is what they're predicting, and none over 55 wins. So the analytics are predicting a year a lot like this past year, where there's not like a truly dominant regular season team, but a lot of teams packed together. And if you look at this closely, third is Golden State at 47 and 35 as their final record, according to these analytics. The Grizzlies in eighth are 44 and 38. So we're talking about two and a half games separating third and eighth in their projections here. So if you were to tell me – like, if you were to tell me there's a bunch of teams packed between 3rd and 7th or 3rd and 8th in the Western Conference and Memphis came on came out on the wrong end of that and ended up in 7th or 8th, like, that doesn't sound that far-fetched to me, ultimately. That's why – I could also see, like, last year, there were a bunch of teams, you know, jumbled together with similar records. At the bottom, yeah. and And, you know – the Gri- like, or you between two, three, four. I mean, like the Grizzlies ended up second, but like, you know, like how the Lakers ended up seventh. You know, like there was like a couple games separating them from fifth or fourth the whole time. That's why my my issue
3: with this specifically. And so I don't know if it's necessarily. It's son- less about the record. It's more about the reasoning for why they have teams where I yeah. don't agree with the reasonings. Like, for instance. They're talking about the Lakers here, forty-six and thirty-six. Sure, that that could fully happen. But in their reasoning, they're talking about how they have the combination of Anthony Davis and LeBron. It's like, is, are they going to play the whole year? It's, it's. They're making some assumptions about some of the top teams. They're, they're, I feel like they're giving the Suns a bit of a pass. They're giving the Warriors a bit of a pass. The Lakers the o- a bit of a me, pass. The only- while they're not doing it for the Grizzlies, they're saying the- Job being out for twenty-five games is going to hinder them. But the the health and all yeah. the issues that we know we're going you'd, to be coming re- with these three teams just aren't going to happen.
0: You'd respect it more if they said they're going to be bad those first twenty five games and it'll be too big a hole for them to get out of being in the play. It
3: like feels like dramatic.
0: You'd be you'd be better five. if the, if the reasoning though was Jaws missing twenty five games and I think they're going to be ten and fifteen or nine and I would feel 16, better about that. Yeah. They're
3: going to be bad when Jaws but out. Tyus Jones. Listen, because I, I they love, don't have Tyus. I anymore. love Tyus. Love me some Tyus Jones. But let's be honest about Tyus Jones. He played good in one playoff series. He's not the reason that the Grizzlies are going to be in a hole after the first twenty five games. Marcus Smart, I think getting Marcus Smart, you get the best of Tyus Jones, you get the best of Dylan Brooks. Well, not the best of Tyus Jones. That was the assist turnover ratio, but you get what you need for Marcus Smart. You, you you get what you need there. And I still think that Luke Kennard is being majorly slept on by people outside. Of Memphis, that guy is still on this team, and we showed when he plays with Desmond Bain, when he plays in those lineups, he can be extremely effective. And I still think that the leap that we are going to see from Jaron Jackson Jr. in those first 25 games is going to be something that we haven't seen before. He's going to put together the pieces, I think, fully for the first time in his career. It's really the first time he's had a real offseason of full health and Team USA. He's going to learn how to screen assist. He's not going to be fouling as much next season. I'm fired up. I can't wait. That's my tasty take. How was it?
0: I liked it. It's okay. You liked it. Yeah, okay. Well, it was all right. I, it was good to have the prince. I just I was basking in the positivity <laughs> about the Grizzlies. like good to hear. Good to have it back. Uh, only only what? a month and a half or so from uh from uh trading camp. Maybe even maybe even less than that. All right. Let's uh let's talk some Grizzlies. Let's 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 see what Eric Hasseltine thinks about your tasty take, thinks about the Grizzlies as a play-in team next year. We'll also get his thoughts on uh, Jaron and all everything else going on in the NBA. Eric Hasseltine, voice of the Memphis Grizzlies, joins us. Next, you're listening to Giannato and
1: Jeffrey on 929 FM.
0: Call from Mom. Answer it. Call
1: silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network. Only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN.
0: That music means Eric Hasseltine is with us on the show. He's the voice of the Memphis Grizzlies radio broadcast. Right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. When the season starts, he joins. He's, he's nice enough to join us even during his off season. Um, yeah. Connor, your old producer, is in studio taking uh, filling in for uh, our yeah. pal Jeffrey. Now that he's a new father, um, I don't know yeah, if you've heard, offered. Uh, have you offered him any pointers at this point yet?
4: No, I kind of. I didn't know that. I didn't even know he was having a kid. So <laughs> uh, I had to come in. <laughs> to Surprise. I had to yeah, like that was kind of a surprise. So I turned it on. I, you know, uh, I heard the, the, the news about Jennifer Biggs, which was, mm. um, you know, sad to hear. I never, yeah. I never knew her. So, um, but it was certainly somebody who touched this community. So I heard that. And then Jeffrey wasn't there. I was like, what is going on here? And then they're like, Oh yeah, Jeffrey's having a child. I was like, Oh, okay. Mm. So uh text him and, offered congratulations. And, and uh, like anybody that's had children will tell you, it's, it's the greatest journey you'll go on. It's also, you know, a second full-time job and at times will drive you insane. Um, But, you know, I, I, it's friends in all different points of their lives. I've got a daughter in college. My son's getting sixth grade. I've got friends with, you know, little kids, grown kids. And it's the same thing. It just goes by too fast. and, And you look back and, you know, we're always going to second-guess could we have done a better job. And, you know, usually you just do the best you can and try to raise the best person you can. So I'm happy for him it's, it's an amazing deal, and I'm sure, like you guys said the other day, she'll probably be the starting quarterback at some high school in about 18 years. <laughs> there
0: you go. Um, all right, Eric, we were talking about this before the break. Um, ESPN's, I guess, analytics have come out with, projected standings for the Western Conference uh, this season. And they've got the Grizzlies slotted at eighth with, I believe, 44 wins. However, they've got the Warriors in third with 47 wins, only two and a half games ahead of the Grizzlies. So they basically got a big – they've got Denver one, they've got Phoenix two, according to their analytics, and then – a. A mash of teams between three and eight separated by two and a half games. Connor thinks it's ridiculous that the Grizz this Gri- even with John Morant's suspension that this Grizzlies team will be a play in team. I'm not I wouldn't necessarily predict it, but the way they laid it out with like a bunch of teams between forty four and forty seven wins, and maybe, you know, Memphis gets the short end of that somehow. That doesn't seem far-fetched to me. What do you make of uh, of that sort of
4: prediction by the numbers, if you will? Well, my first question is, how do you have two and a half games? Doesn't everybody play eighty-two? Well, I and think they, maybe they're predicting
0: maybe they're predicting one uh, Golden State's winning the uh, the in-season tournament,
4: maybe because the the yeah. The, but I don't think that I don't think the championship game counts in your standing. In your standing, interesting. Yeah, I, I don't think it does. I think it's just a. It's like the play-in tournament game. They don't count as postseason, but they don't count as regular season. So,
0: and we're probably not going to uh, be able to find the stats anywhere like those. That, uh,
4: that yeah, <laughs> that right there leads me to wonder, like, okay, who did this? Like, did you? Another point to me. Yeah, yeah. they've yeah. got they've got I the mean, Grizzlies
0: like, at forty-four and thirty-eight, and they've got Golden State at forty. Oh no, yeah, no, excuse me. They got them three games at. They got Golden State at forty-seven thirty-five. I just looked at it poorly. Okay. We looked at right, wrong. Well, so it's, that, so that it's three it games did. separating third and eighth. Yeah. They've got uh, Nuggets one, Phoenix two, Golden State three, Sacramento four, Lakers five, Clippers six, Oklahoma City seven, Memphis eight, Dallas nine, Minnesota ten. But, again, very small gap between really three and ten, really a four game separating the third seed from the tenth seed in these predictions.
4: So they have New Orleans out of the top ten. Yes. And then they have what obviously Houston, San Antonio, Utah and uh, Portland. I'm trying to Portland, Portland out of the top. 10. Okay. Yeah. I you know, whatever. Every year the Grizzlies are thought to be, you know, like, oh, they're only gonna win this many or and they usually eclipse it. Obviously the twenty five game suspension is what I think these guys are hanging their hat on with that. Um because you're playing, the, I mean, you're pretty much playing the same schedule. It's not, this isn't like the NFL where you get a weighted schedule and, you know, if you're the division champ from the previous year, you play a tougher schedule from the, the basement of the division the previous year. And maybe that team made tremendous strides and they can flip it around. But, um, you know, it's going to be jumbled. It was jumbled last year. Denver, I think, obviously is the team to beat because they're the reigning champions. They have... A guy who is uh, a perennial MVP candidate, Jamal Murray's really coming into his own. And this will be another year away from that injury where his body is, is, is going to be even stronger, I think, than it was last year. And then you talk about Phoenix making the run at it right now with KD, with Booker, with all You know, the guys that they have, okay, let's see how that goes. Um, is that too many, you know, is that too many leaders or too many guys needing the ball We'll see the Lakers, obviously, with what they did last year. And I think some of their offseason moves, they've, they've revamped that roster. Um, but, again, how, how durable is Anthony Davis? How durable is LeBron James? How susceptible are they to a, an injury that really changes their complexion? Same with the Clippers. I, I mean, I think when you break it down, the Grizzlies are still a really attractive you know, young team to, to, to make a run. But the missing of John Moran and the questions that will go around that, how does that affect the team, how does it affect team chemistry, Um, that remains to be seen. Sacramento came on strong last year. They seemed to figure some things out. Mike Brown did an amazing job with that group. I was one fairly skeptical skeptical about a guy who had been a multiple-time head coach and really hadn't, to me, shown this – his ability to to really take a team to the next level. In fact, I thought it was he he won because he had super talented players. Yeah,
0: his offenses Um, seemed to stink before he spent all that time in Golden State.
4: But, yeah, but last year that offense in Sacramento didn't stink, so maybe the time around Steve Kerr helped. Um, We'll see. I think when you break it down still, you look at the Grizzlies roster, and, you know, if if you have a healthy Steven Adams and you're starting a Steven Adams, Jaron Jackson – Jr., Desmond Bain, Marcus Smart, and fill in the three lineup, that's not too shabby. The questions are, what will Derrick Rose bring to the table? Where is Santi Aldama's game kicked up into the next level? What can David Roddy and Jake LaRavia give you? Um, And, you know, as the bigs, without Brandon Clark this year, what effect will that have on your rebounding and your interior uh, scoring opportunities. He's so athletic, playing around the rim, that floating jump shot that he just seems to elevate over anybody. Tam Xavier Tillman makes, some ups, makes up some of that absence uh, in his time out there. So, it, you know, it's, it's tough. It's a, it's a year where they faced more adversity last season than ever, and they're coming back and trying to bounce back. They're gonna to have to do it for the first twenty five games without their starting point guard. Now, I tend to agree, I think it was you that said it, Mark, that you believe right now that the most, you know, pivotal piece to this team and roster is Jaron Jackson Junior. Mm-hmm. It's nothing against John Morant, but what he brings to the table defensively, the way he gives guys on the perimeter an opportunity to gamble a little bit more because of his rim protection, it changes the complexion of things. It's no, you know, it's no mystery that when the Grizzlies were missing Dylan Brooks two years ago, and they were towards the bottom of the league in defense, that it clicked when he came back, and they kind of figured things out. Same thing last year. They started off slowly, their defense kind of picked apart, sometimes. and then Jaron comes back healthy, and they're one of the best defensive teams in the league, along with being a pretty impressive offensive team as well. Um, but there's there's room to grow. They got to get more mature. They got to grow up. They got to. You know, they've got to look at the uh, the rest of the league as wanting a piece of them to talk because of all the talk around because of all the things that have happened. They are a team that's, a, as I've said, for uh, a season and a half now, they're a benchmark victory. Mm-hmm. And they still will be this year. If you're a young team and you go into Memphis and beat the Grizzlies, a team that had the best home court record in the league last year, that's saying something. So they're going to have to expect that coming full bore at them all season long.
0: Well, I'm we're talking to Eric Castle time, voice of the Memphis Grizzlies on the Memphis Grizzlies radio network. Um, I, I'm curious what you think in terms of this 25 game suspension. Because in the past, you know, one of the marvels of this team two years ago was even though, though they missed job for 25 games, they were so good without him. And, uh, you know, people made more of that than they did. But there was also part of that was because Tyus Jones could just step in and was awesome as a starting point guard. Um, they obviously don't have Tyus Jones to step in this year. It's going to be whether it's Marcus Smart or maybe right. a little Derek Rose. But because to me, if you're predicting them to have like a worse record, to me, the only reason, like the reasonable way to go about it is you're thinking, you know what, they're going to struggle in those 25 games without John Moran. Because right. that's where you could see them maybe, you know, falling into a hole and maybe needing, you know, not getting out of it in time to get out of the play in, maybe. Um, but in the past, they've done well compensating without John ja Morant. Do you think they are set up well to, you know, I'm not saying they're going to go 22 and 3 without Ja, but are they set up well to go 14 and 11 or, 50, you know, something like that without John ja Morant during those 22 25 games so that when he comes back, you know, they're in the mix anyways, even without him? Because th- that's my well, feeling, but I'm curious what yeah. you think with what they've done this offseason.
4: Well, I was a little surprised with, uh, and not that the league should do them any favors, I don't mean it this way, but I was a little surprised there were more there were more high-level games in that first 25 than I expected. Not a ton more, but enough more to, to me, like two or three more, to make a difference. Because you had to figure you weren't going to get a lot of national television coverage with John Morant sitting in, in street clothes, And we saw that when the schedule came out. So... You're you, you kind of load up then on the teams that you wouldn't put the Grizzlies against on national TV, and usually those are non-playoff teams. Those are teams that aren't going to be a game that people want to. I want to sit down and watch Grizzlies, you know, Rockets. Other than we know that it might be different now with Bill and Brooks or Grizzlies, you know, I don't want to say Spurs because Wembenyama. Who? Take your pick. You know what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Grizzlies Jazz. Grizzlies Blazers. If. Uh, Damian Lillard's not there, or if he is there but not playing. So you do see those games early on, but I thought there were more higher level games. So look to me if they if they tread water, if they just stay in this thing, you know as best they can for um, you know for for 25 games and they go 13 and 12 or 14 and 11, that's a win. Uh, if you go 12 and 13, you kind of just hung in there. What you want to avoid are 10 and 15, 9 and 16, like you said, taking yourself a hole that when you want to turn it around, it's not that easy because as this 25 game goes, inevitably, there's going to be some bumps and bruises on the guys that are out there. There's going to be some nicks, some, some bang ups, some rolled ankles, some sprained knees, some whatever it may be. Hopefully, there's very minimal. But the odds of an NBA game going, you know, it's 25 games in a season going with absolutely nothing, or very slim. You know that. So uh, when John Morant comes back, it's no guarantee the rest of the team will be healthy. Um, I do think that they're excited about Desmond Bain being back and fully healthy. The contract is out of the way, so he can just focus on, you know, doing Desmond Bain-type things, which he was doing. And I know the numbers were great in the beginning of the year last year, but you have to, have to realize people have to realize that they didn't have John Morant at the beginning of the year. So Desmond was the clear-cut number two option, and anytime there was a double on Ja, Desmond was going to get a good look. Um, now with Jaron in there, you have those two guys as the option. When Jock ja comes back, what does that do? But I-, I think Desmond is ready to take a step forward. It clearly appears Jaron's going to take another step forward by the way he's playing in these feeble World Cup games. Um, I-, I can't remember if it was you guys or, or maybe uh, one of the earlier shows talking about The effect Steve Kerr has had on his game, you can see that too, and that that does help to hear a different voice. Nothing against, you know, Taylor Jenkins, but you talk to players that have played for the national team, and they'll tell you, hey, look, I learned a ton from our coach. I love him. It's a great system.
2: But I learned some things also from this guy. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?